0: hi my name is Rachel Kozak director of Western Canada with DKI and you're listening to across the street across the country a lot of the times people need closure on on a house that's burnt I thought it was important that we went there took some photos with them. In dark.
1: Rick Remke didn't just demolish and rebuild a home from the ground up following a major fire. The president of DKI RF Construction helped the homeowners, the family, to heal in many ways. We'll hear how later in the program. It takes a team pulling on the same rope, or pulling on the same crowbar to use a more fitting restoration metaphor, to achieve success. We speak to an elite athlete and motivational speaker who will share his wisdom on that topic. We've also got another installment of our What Home Means, means to Me up. series. My name is Denis Grignon. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Across the Street, I'm Across the Country. Up I'm up.
2: The first thing I looked for were skills that I did not have. This is very, very key skills that I did not have. We have to find the courage to hire and then hang out and then bring people in our teams that are not like us. No ego was very important. Um, Successes are shared. Failures are shared. And then a disservice of the mission was also... That is a clip from
1: Sebastien Sassville's YouTube channel. The one-time sales executive who spent 10 years working with Fortune 500 companies is now best known as an endurance athlete, which begat a new career as a motivational speaker and author. The man who holds this title, first person with type 1 diabetes to climb Mount Everest, draws on his many physically demanding feats around the globe to teach the importance of perseverance, overcoming challenges, as well as, and DKI members can especially relate to this, team building, and pacing yourself. I spoke to Sébastien following his presentation at DKI's annual general meeting, Evolve 2023. And I started with a question that any non-extreme athlete or even a regular athlete would likely want addressed. What you've done is way more than what 99.9.999% of the population they're ever going to accomplish. So how do... You know, we as regular people use what seems like insurmountable and apply it to that person who's in a basement cleaning out a flooded basement who needs to go an extra two
2: hours. What can you
1: tell that person?
2: My answer is going to be so boring, but it's first step and then small step and consistency. And don't think that because I've done these things, I don't walk the same road than everybody. And the the example I'll give, this winter I was not as active. I am, you know, getting back into fitness now. My first ride of the year was very short and very painful and very tough. And then the weekend after, I made that ride 20 kilometer longer and it was more digestible and not as painful. And then this past weekend, I went for my first 100 kilometer of the year. And I just had to start somewhere and then slowly build it back up like and I, I guess not
1: lost in that. As you're in Quebec so you obviously have lots of snow you have to still clear <laughs> yeah, out of the yeah. driveways well <laughs> all those regular things in your daily life
2: yeah but it's it's nothing beats consistency it's as simple as that I consider myself very unfit right now and I've set new goals and I'm just gonna have to go about it one day at a time and rebuild it slowly like that fitness is not something that I own it's just I have to work add it every single day and, and rebuild it. And when you reach a high level of fitness, you're only there for a short period of time. Like you, That's what athletes do. You train, you try to peak at a certain time to match it with a competition, a project, and then fitness comes back down because it's just not sustainable to be at your peak all the time, right? So it's just consistency. If I'm going to apply that to the lives of the people here who do restoration work or
1: And I want to be careful not to put words in your mouth, but is it okay for that person who says, I worked 12 hours yesterday, maybe I don't need to beat myself up and just work eight or nine or seven
2: today? Oh, absolutely. You cannot... Like, peak performance is not to be good all the time. It's to be unbeatable, what it matters the most. And, at like, athletes know, uh, en français, c'est periodisation. So we have a small week, a midweek, and a build week, and then a rest week. So a small period of isolation built yeah. into chunks. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rest week makes you stronger. You don't as an athlete you don't see your rest week as something that slows you down or something that's going to make your fitness dissolve or disappear. You welcome the lighter days knowing that it will make you stronger and faster I mean, and maybe you earned it. A- absolutely. So it's 100% transferable to the work environment because I feel that athletes see the value of the rest and see how it makes you stronger, but then in the corporate environment, we feel like we need to be at 100%, if not 120, 100% of the time, and it's absolutely not sustainable. So you have to go through these cycles.
1: What can you tell people when it comes to, to teamwork? And I, I heard you up on stage talking about realizing this is our race, and though very much you're the face of those endeavors, you, you stress that there were other people involved in it. So what can you tell those crews who are working together and, awful conditions often, yeah. uh, just the, uh, how to reach that point where we have to be an us and not a, a me.
2: A common goal, like a team has to have a common goal. Uh, a team has to spend time on culture and determining how we will behave you know, amongst uh, this team and then understanding the links that make us codependent and and co-responsible. And then you want to create connections with, with others, uh, get to understand them, understand their values, their goals, their dreams, their aspiration.
1: And they can do this even when they're working side by side with hammers to
2: just understand, you know, what, what are your sensibilities? What do you, what do you appreciate? What do you like? Absolutely. Because, If we become friends, right? If we know one another, if we care for one another, it's going to be so much easier to absorb uh obstacles and then when we have bad days and when there's challenges and big changes and trans- transformation if we care for one another if we know each other in a team if it goes beyond work um, and you don't have to be best friends with everybody right but you just if you care a little bit and you understand where others come from uh, it's going to make those tougher days so much easier When I went to individuals and I asked, do you want to be a part of this team? Everybody had imposter syndrome because they knew about the magnitude of this race. And they wondered, why? Why me? Why do you want me to be a part of this team? What I could see was their top strength. And I could see the addition of everybody's top strength. Endurance
1: athlete, author, and motivational speaker, Sébastien Sesseville can be reached by going to his website, sebinspire.com that's s e b like the first 3 letters in sebastian inspire.com it's more than
3: these four walls it's more than just bricks and paint my personal definition of home incorporates family friends and community cuz everybody's got a little my name is Daryl James. I'm a member songwriter and bassist in the Strombellas. Having a community that's safe and inclusive and that works together are all the same qualities that I love in my family and my friend. House we this is house we and how all three of those things interact together, that makes home so special that i think are so intertwined and make the moments within my community or my home so special i have a side project called close kicks which actually contributes to the music of this podcast across the street across the country this is the house we built
1: DKI Canada actively contributes to creating a better future through environmental protection and social responsibility. Focused on leaving things better than DKI found them, DKI is committed to using environmentally sustainable cleaning products and mitigating risk in environmentally sustainable ways. You know the feeling you learn of a house fire in your community. And you get that pit in your stomach. Did you know them? Is the house completely gone? And even if no one was hurt physically, you wonder about all that non-physical hurt being felt by the people who called that house their home. Rick Remkey is no different, but once he went through that raft of emotions after learning of a major fire in his town of Aurelia, Ontario, he then wondered if he might play a role in helping that family not just rebuild, but also heal in a unique and very hands-on way. The president of DKIRNF and Construction sat down with me to share this touching story of demolition, rebuilding, and closure.
0: Anytime I see a fire claim, my first reaction is the family that lives in the house and what they're going through. I think about you know, are they okay? Did anybody get hurt? And then the next thing is I kick into my thought of restoring lifestyles. Aurelia is a small
1: community. I've been there in, in, and it very much is, for better or for worse, everybody knows everybody. So what yeah. went through your mind? Yeah, you see, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. already agreeing. So what went through your mind? Like, did you know that family? What I just wonder what, what your mindset was. No,
0: I, I didn't know the family, um, but uh, the wife knew my company and our family uh, through other um, cousins of mine. So it was, a, it was a good connection.
1: So when you learned that you had gotten a contract to, to work on this house and you walked in there, knowing that these were your neighbors, what was your reaction when you first saw the devastation of the home?
0: I spent a lot of time talking to the insureds um, and just what they wanted for a new house. Um, I was sad for them losing their house. But I was also excited to restore their lives with a new house. So we spent a lot of time in our building going over drawings and what they actually wanted. And then my plan was to go to the old house and have a site meeting.
1: So you met the family there at the old house? Yes. Why, why was that important to meet them at the old
0: house? Uh, really it's for closure for them. Um, it's sad they were there for 20 years. They had two daughters there, a lot of memories. And I think a lot of the times people need closure on, on a house that's burnt and a lot of memories in that house. So I think I thought it was important that we went there and went through it, took some photos with them, and uh, we took a lot of barn board off the house and we're going to use that to make uh, a piece of furniture or some shelving, whatever they, whatever they want. What was their mindset
1: going in there? Because at that point, I'm just wondering if they even were sure that this house cannot be restored. We're going to have to knock it down. What did you see in them, in their faces, in their voice, their body language, everything, when, when the penny dropped and they realized that we're not coming back to this house like
0: this? A lot of emotion. They were, they were sad. Uh, but at the same point in time, they're, they're happy to move forward and have closure and really focus on putting up a house that um, that they can use for the future and, and have it the way they want it. When did you notice that? When was that moment when you saw them transitioning from, from
1: sorrow and grief to, okay, there's a new beginning here?
0: I think when the building started coming down, um, halfway through the building, uh, then they started getting excited for the excavation for the new foundation. And uh, that's when things changed for them.
1: Were you doing that, like watching, like looking at the house? Because it's oh, your yeah. job to make sure the house is coming down properly. Yes. So were your eyes literally darting from the teardown to the look on their face back and forth?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had a big hug. We were across the street. Uh, while the excavator was demolishing the, the existing house. And uh, we all had a big hug on the other side, my team and the whole family. And then we just started talking about the new build. And that's when they started like smiling and lighting up like they can't wait to get in their new house.
1: There were a lot of kids involved in this process too. What was that like when you, you sat with the parents and said, I, I think this could be healthy for the kids to watch the demolition as well. What was their reaction? Because in a lot of cases, they might think that this is too traumatic. But what? when did they realize that, no, this could be a good thing?
0: I started talking to them about not enough women in the trades. And so the one daughter is 12 years old and the other daughter is 9. And I thought it would be a great idea to have them come in the house. Well, before we did the demolition, we went in the house, and I I did a history on the house. It's over 100 years old, and it's all barn board sheathing on the inside and outside of the house.
1: When you say you did a history, you're telling this to the family? This to the is, family, yes. This is what your house was. Yes, Yeah. Yes. What was their reaction hearing
0: that? Uh, you couldn't hear a pen drop. They were excited. They were like, wow. Um, I explained the construction of the building was a balloon frame construction. And the reason why is because the studs go from the foundation to the roof and then the joists get nailed to the side of the studs and they use the barn board to support the upper floor. I helped pull the boards off a bit and then I got crowbars for the girls and they actually pulled the first barn board off.
1: Were they keen to do it right from the the get go?
0: They were excited. They, they were, it was amazing. It was fun to watch. How did that help them process leaving
1: the actual house and moving on to, to know that this is the history of the house that you may not have known before, but this is the history of the house that you lived in?
0: I think the memories there were great, but I also think uh, when we started talking about the new house and, you know, what colors do you want in your room? And new memories. Well, you know, new memories. And uh, the girls got excited about being able to pick their own colors for their room, uh, what they're going to do with the barn board. They were talking about putting an open shelf in one of the rooms. Um, I, I think they just their whole mindset changed to the new house and, and then the excitement.
1: How important was it for you to remove some of those items from the previous
0: house, uh, whether it was
1: just some barn board to import it into, whether it's a shelf or a, uh, an end table
0: I don't know I get excited. I'm, I I uh, I love construction. That's my passion. I love I love helping people. I like restoring lifestyles. That's part of my creed. Re- restoring lifestyles is what we do, and uh, I just couldn't wait to take those barn boards off and set them aside, and we'll plane them down in our wood shop and make something really nice for them.
1: Do you have something in mind already that you want to make? For I them? do.
0: I do. Probably it's going to be a bookshelf on each side of the uh, the uh, large TV that they want to put on a wall and around the fireplace.
1: And that's not really part of your job necessarily. Your job is to tear down and build up a new house. Why yeah. is this important to you, to take those little components, which they didn't even have before, and transform them into something else from their previous
0: house? I think for me it's... Uh, it's the memories for them it's it's a piece of the old house that's going into the new house so they don't lose everything and and the history of the old house it's it's over 100 years old like you know our pioneers built this house so they love history so I knew that right away from talking to them so for me it was all about let's do something good for these people
1: You've had a lot of situations like this. How do you compare those two where the family and the kids, everyone says, we want no part of it. And and you can't begrudge them that. No. But for the family that says, we just want to leave, tear do the tear down, the next time you see us, I want to open up a door to a brand new house versus this family that is there for the whole process. The tear down, literally, mm-hmm. which they're participating in, and yes. the whole new build. How do you compare those two situations, Those, uh, the, the one who chooses not to have a part in it and the one who wants to be a part of it?
0: To be honest, um, all our customers want to be a part of this, the whole plan. Including the teardown? Oh, yes, yes. Why is that? Uh, closure for them, and we and we invite them to come.
1: What's that day going to be like, Richard, when the house is up and completed and they're walking inside and you hand them those planed-down barn board. now transformed into a shelf what do you think that day is going to be like
0: for you it's going to be emotional it's going to be pretty awesome i've already got it in my head how it's going to look so
1: what has this done for you and your relationship with that family you're going to bump into them in the hardware store on the street in the hockey rink
0: uh it's it's going to be a good bond i definitely will be i'm sure i'll be invited over many times over the next few years and and I have a lot of customers that are like that, so I, I just I just enjoy restoring the lives of people's homes, and uh, we're in there and we're working with our customers. What's your hope for those girls, those daughters that you had pull the barn boards? Where would you like to see them ten years from now? I like to see at least one of them in the trades, whether they're a project manager, project manager assistant carpenter, whatever. So you're already grooming them so they can come to work for you at some point. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I lose track of my
1: My thanks to Rick Rimke, president of DKI RNF Construction in Aurelia. In the coming weeks, we hope to speak to that family that Rick and his team helped with returning to their home, a new home in many ways. Thanks to the people who contribute the music for this show, Graham Lindsay for the musical bridges that tie all of our segments together. And thanks to Daryl James of Close Kicks for supplying our theme music and also for sharing his thoughts on what home means to him in this episode. DKI Canada is the leader in Canadian property restoration, providing services to insurance, commercial, and residential clients from coast to coast. Whether it's an emergency response, water damage mitigation, fire and contents cleaning, mold remediation, or a complete reconstruction, DKI members are available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. If you're ever in need of emergency assistance, the number is one 855 dki 2 DKI2day. That's 1-855-354-2329. You can find our show on your favorite streaming platform and by going to the podcast page of dki.ca. Please share the link with your family and friends and share your thoughts and ideas for the show with us. Across the Street, Across the Country is written, produced, and hosted by me, Jenny Grinnell. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.